Tell you what, it's exciting to be home. It's great to see your faces, man. Andrew was so excited to me. Andrew Manville right there. Raise your hand up, Andrew. He was so excited that he gave me a dollar and said, I'm glad you're home. Actually, if you ask him, he may say something like, uh, if you're so happy, what do you got to give me? And he gave me his last dollar, he said. But, but I do thank you that you love me and gave me your last dollar, so I give it back. But, but it's neat to be back in the house of God and, and to see the kiddos. Wasn't that neat when they're laying out the palm branches? Uh, I was like the one that was always trying to keep up. It was way behind, you know. But, but, but again, seeing the kiddos today and kicking off the, the Holy Week, which starts tomorrow. But when Jesus entered Jerusalem in John 12, 12, uh, the people took the branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is, is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And so that crowd was excited. And like today, uh, we were, I got excited watching these kiddos come in and, and, and doing their thing and just the excitement that, that was there. But I got to thinking about that crowd as I got to looking at our crowd today and you know, I got to thinking some in that crowd were, were probably looking for a king to satisfy their needs of, in this world. And, and a lot of people would say that, that, that a lot of the crowd that day were shouting Hosanna for that very reason. They wanted an earthly king. Uh, Jesus had just came in and, and had just healed and raised Lazarus from the dead. And, and so they were, you know, hey... This guy's got it going on. Let's make him our earthly king and, and, and change some things in our earthly lives for the better. And, and I think about that. And then I remembered the service the other day when, when the 5,000 were getting fed. And at the end, Jesus made the comment in John 6 that the crowd tried to take him by force and make him king again because of a powerful miracle that took place. We want powerful miracles to take place in our life. We want sickness gone. We want this. We want that. And when Jesus uh, uh, performs, if you will, in our life, we worship him as king. And maybe our motives aren't right sometimes. You know, maybe part of that crowd that day was worshiping him because of the worldly gain they would get. But also think that, that part of that crowd recognized him as the son of God and were really worshiping him because he was king of kings and lord of lords, that, that he really was the only one that was going to satisfy him. But, but I see two types of people that I believe are in that crowd today, and, and that's what I believe the Lord wants me to speak to today is some of us follow Jesus to, to, for him to meet our worldly gains while and, and, and we're needing to grow out of that while others follow him just because he's God. Just because he came and, and gave his life for us. And so we, he don't have to perform for us to serve him. We just love him. Guys, I'm going to ask you to jump to a slide of a, of a man with a knot on his head. It's towards the end. And this is a young boy that, that came to us for prayer almost every day in Africa. He had this growth on his head. And the sad thing about it is that if he was in America, that could be taken care of in no time. And, and he came up and wanted prayer for this. I think he prayed with every one of us and, 
And to be honest with you, that knot was still there when we left. And not to say that Jesus, you know, I, I believe he's healed. But, but that knot was still there when we left. And, and Jacob didn't allow that circumstance to control his relationship with the Lord. People don't realize he wore a hat to hide that knot because people made fun of him. People would not accept him. I saw the children around there, the way they treated him. He was kind of treated as an outcast because he had that on his head. He was different. And so he had every reason to be mad at Jesus, every reason not to serve Jesus because that knot was still there. And the word says that by his stripes we are healed. But that boy ministered to me that week because he came up to me and said, hey, can I share the next day at service? We had services every night, revival services. And he said, can I share the next night? And for whatever reason, communications, it, it didn't get worked out. So here he had a knot on his head still, and, and, and he asked to give, share his testimony about his love for Christ, and we were no different from anybody else. We didn't give him the time for whatever reason. It wasn't intentional, but he had every reason not to glorify the Lord. But he comes up after the service, and he said, "Can you know, I don't know what happened. Can I speak tomorrow night? Can I share tomorrow night? I just want to share what God's done in my life. And, and, and it worked out in that night. I believe he sang a song the first time, maybe. And then the second night he came up and he had memorized John chapter 1, word for word. I don't know that he already knew it or when he memorized it, but he, he quoted John 1, word for word, the following night. And then he sang another song. And that's when I began to think, you know, where is my heart? You know, where is my faith? You know, part of the reason I went on the tri trip is the title of the sermon is today, By Faith. But one of the points of the sermon is lazy faith. I think we can get lazy with our faith. We can serve Jesus for the wrong reasons. We can do everything for the wrong reasons, and it's easy to fall into that. And, and, and anyway, we get into a rut. Uh, was I, when I was praying up here today and thinking about the service, services, our faith is, is, is it... Is our faith controlled by the seasons? Meaning, is our numbers going to be down because ball season's starting? And so I'm checking my faith, and part of the reason I went on this trip is to get out of my comfort zone. And boy, I did. Uh, you go overseas, you work for everything, you know, just something you think is normal, getting up and shaving every day is a job. Took me probably 30 minutes, 45 minutes to shave at home. I can be done shaving in five minutes. Everything's work overseas. But here we got Jacob here, you know, that, that he loved God and, and, and pressed into him no matter the season, no matter the circumstance, no matter what was going on in his life. And so today is Jesus, you know, we're talking about Holy Week and, and, and we're going to talk about uh, uh, all that goes on this week, that we got Wednesday night, we got Friday night services, all the, the process of the Holy Week. But what Jesus did on Monday of Holy Week was he went in and cleared the temple. In other words, he checked the hearts. And, and I don't know, I'm just kind of making this thing today, but, but that person that day, were they there because they wanted the world to king or there because Jesus was the son of God and they worshiped him no matter what? But the next day, Jesus goes in and clears the temple, meaning the heart. 
Do you guys realize 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are brought with a price, so glorify God in your body. When we receive Jesus as Lord, he is the Lord of our temple. He's in our heart. And, and I thought that was neat that, you know, Jesus cleared the temple on Monday, the physical temple. Maybe we need to take a look at our spiritual temple because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and God resides in us. We are not our own anymore. Will we serve him no matter what? Will we serve him with a knot on our head? Will we serve him when things aren't going good? Will we glorify him just as loud today, tomorrow, and the next day, no matter of the season? I've been praying a lot for the healing and different things before I come in the pulpit. I prayed it today, Lord, I'm a living sacrifice to you. I'm your holy temple. Father, I yield for you to use me how you want to use me. I've used that same thing in prayer for healing. Father, I believe in healing and by your stripes we are healed. I'm your temple and there's no sickness in the kingdom of God. Father, heal me because we're his living vessel. We're his living sacrifice. But are we just saying, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Point two I want to talk about is a lazy faith. I think we can get into that. The Lord put Proverbs 19.15 on my heart as we are coming back. And Proverbs 19.15 says, Slothfulness casts into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. Whoever keeps the commandment keeps his life. He who despises, will, despises his ways will die. And I believe the Lord was showing me a process here that the way that he attacks the believer is he gets us into slothfulness or sleep. And then we get into where we're suffering hunger, which means we're never hungry. We begin not to be as hungry for Christ as we once were. And those two combinations, if they keep growing and we don't keep his commandments, we, we lose that life and we die. And I see the enemy working this, that, that he goes in and he attacks the believer through slothfulness or lazy faith. And if it continues on, we begin to, to not hungering after Christ or not being as hungry for Christ as we once were. And then we end up, we're dead in our faith. Each time I go on a mission trip, I see this process and that's why it burns into me. I see the enemy is taking over the world. Guys, you go overseas, you see the enemy is taking over the world. Uh, he's taking over the United States as well, but we're, we're sleeping, I think, a lot of times and we don't recognize it. And, and I see that he's using the same tactics in Liberia, Albania, and the USA. You know, I remember Jeremy, we got to, uh, we left Africa and we got into Albania and we got to listen to Elvis and Baden, all of them, about what was going on in their country spiritually 
And Jeremy looked at us and he said, that's the same thing that's going on in Africa. The enemy's working the same way. He, he wants to lullaby us into slothfulness. And then we lose our hunger for Christ. And if we don't fight for this life, we're going to die. When we were in Africa, we saw that Muslims were dumping money into the new uh, hospital, state-of-the-art hospitals. That's where they were working. And, and it really got me. Do you guys realize that in the States, that most hospitals in the United States were started by churches or denominations? Do we realize that? They learned from us. The enemy learned from America and they're doing the same tactics, but Muslims are building state-of-the-art hospitals in Africa, and they need them. They need them. Guys, if you get sick over there, you don't go to the doctor. You, you pray or suffer through. Because the doctors over there, they'll make you worse a lot of times. The second time I went over there, we were hauling a girl that we believe had a miscarriage. They had went to the doctor, and I don't know if they made it worse or not, but they took her to Reverend Bestman, for healing, because the hospitals couldn't do anything. So the enemy's not dumb. He, he's, he's working on state-of-the-art hospitals that are supported by Muslims. We go into Albania, and you can there's a slide of a picture uh, of, in Albania of a, of a mosque. But, but the Turkish Muslims are building mosques in every village that we minister in in Albania mountains. The picture on my left here is the picture, I think, in 2019. And anyway, the picture on my right, in other words, you saw a beautiful mountain when you're sitting on Beta's porch and Elvis's porch. And I remember all these years I took a picture of that beautiful mountain. And now when I go out in the morning, what stands between me and that beautiful mountain is a mosque that was built since we had been there. One in every village. Makes you think. A lot can happen since 2019. The enemies at work are we as believers at work for the kingdom of God. Then I get to America and I about wanted to excuse my French but throw up. We get in landed Chicago and, and they start advertising chapel services. And I thought, that's so awesome for all face. See, that's America. We're, we're a bunch of dummies, or not us, of course. Not us at Oakland, of course. But we see that push that, that all face take you to God, just choose a faith. So there's chapel services advertised that for all face. And it really blows my mind because people that are really serious about their faith aren't going to go worship together. Muslims that are real serious about their faith aren't going to go hang out with me and Jeremy as we're praising God and Jesus. But America is dumb enough to believe that all these faiths are going to come together and we're going to change the world. Sickens me. But you see that process that that slothfulness of the sleep comes in and then there's a, a lack of hunger for Christ and then you see death. It's in all three areas. It's across the world. And if believers don't start standing up, it's just going to get worse. Guys, we need to start looking around us because it's in Lamar, Missouri as well. 
It's everywhere. The enemy's at work everywhere. And I'm not up here trying to doom and gloom. I'm up here trying to say guard against lazy faith. Are you singing Hosanna today because you need a healing in your life? Are you singing Hosanna today because Jesus is Lord? And I'm not knocking the healings. Bill, you were healed this week. You know what I mean? But check your motives. You come to church because you have to or because you want to. But Jesus warned us against lazy faith. In Mark 25, 36, and again, Jesus, this is all happening during Holy Week. And I didn't look it up, but I think this was probably Thursday night or, or around in there, but it may have been Wednesday night. But then Jesus went out with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful, be sorrowful and in, in trouble. Then he said to him, my soul is very sorrowful, even unto death, remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so you could not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. So you see that enemy, the the slothfulness, the sleep that the enemy was trying to work in there. And Jesus said, watch out. Do not enter that temptation. Then he goes on to say, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So, you know, our spirits are willing, but our flesh is weak. Are we giving in to that lazy faith? Verse 42, again, for a second time, he went away and prayed. My father, if it cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of the sinners. Rise and let us be going. See, my brother is at hand. And guys, this, this just is jumping out at me as I'm reading this. Because here we have the most important thing happening in all eternity, in all times. Jesus was going to the cross, the most important thing, and he asked his disciples to pray. And they slept. Is that where we're at now? Because we see that you know, it wasn't the heart of the disciples. It isn't our heart that, that we sleep. You know, our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. But we got to pray through. And that's what he's challenging the disciples to do. The guard against the lazy faith. Because here Peter, he was slothful. And he began to sleep. And he did not pray. And then we see that he denied Christ. In other words, that hunger for Christ wasn't as strong as it once was. And as Jesus prophesied, you'll deny me three times. Peter did that very thing. In Mark 14, 68, Peter denied Christ. In Mark 14, 70, 
It got a little easier to deny, to deny Christ. That, that hunger is starting to slip away. And then the third time when they accused him, he called curses down on himself and he swore, I'm not a follower of Christ. That hunger wasn't like it was, was it? So the sleep, instead of prayer, and then the hunger for Christ. But the good thing is, is Peter recognized it. And he fell to his knees. And he broke down and wept bitterly. He recognized the the lazy faith. And he became a mighty warrior for Jesus Christ. But then you look at Judas. Again, he wasn't maybe a part of that inner circle but that was praying and was asked to pray, but we see that slothfulness come in. And we see that, that he did betray Christ. He lost that hunger for Jesus. And Joe, you said something in the office today. Maybe, maybe Judas was like the others. He wanted an earthly king. And it frustrated him. I don't know, but for whatever reason, his hunger for Jesus wasn't as strong as it was before. And he hung himself. Death. So sleep or slothfulness causes a lack of hunger for Christ, and it'll lead you to death. Where are we at? You know, I look at America, worship services are closing at record numbers. Sunday schools and Wednesday nights are becoming a thing of the past. Lazy giving keeps churches from doing the ministry that God has called them to do. Lazy giving keeps the the church from paying pastors that they need. I must admit it. It concerns me as a pastor of Oakton when we got over a thousand people call Oakton home and we averaged 375 a week in worship. That's 37%. And again, I'm, you guys are here, so I'm not talking to you here today. But it bothers me that we lack volunteers to cover God's ministry, ministry that we believed and raised up as a church. It bothers me that we, too, at times can't afford to do things that God's called us to do. I personally already shared with you, I was checking my own heart. You know, we get in such a routine, and and I was getting tired of the routine, to be honest with you, and that's part of the reason I went overseas. Lord, I want to know my own heart. Is my heart truly for you? You got to start sacrificing. You know, we think Africans are so bad off. Sometimes I think they're better off than we are because they have to depend on God. We don't feel good. We go to the doctor. They don't feel good. They go to the witch doctor or they go to prayer. But yeah, it tested my faith that The China virus shot tested my faith because it's totally against what I believe. But God said go, so I went. 
I'm a living sacrifice for him. If God called me to go, then that shouldn't have stood in the way, and it didn't. But it tested my faith. As I said earlier, nothing comes easy in Africa. You know, just a plane trip, show the picture of us four guys. This is after 34 hours in the air. And that was a fake smile. Karen goes, you look happy. And I go, I was miserable. But we're a living sacrifice. If it wasn't for them guys with me, it would have been really bad. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Gary. Never been arrested before. But I have been in jail. I'm throwing some teasers out there for Wednesday night. Because there's truth in what I said, just how much there is, I don't know. You have to come Wednesday night to find out. Yeah, it's in Carthage, but they're part of us and they come here all the time. And I hope you don't let that stand between you coming. We just wanted to do something that we could all get together down there. And, and we're so large here, you just can't do anything down there. And so Wednesday, we thought, why not? Let's just do this, Carthage. But point two, faith is. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. We know our children are safe in children's church right now, and we know they're getting ministered to, but we can't see that. We don't know it. We don't know what's going on up there, but we have faith in our teams that they're doing a good job. And that's the same way it is with Jesus. We have faith that Jesus says what he's going to do even when we can't see it going on. Verse 2, again, Hebrews eleven two. For by it the people of old received their commendation. Think about that. Commendation is an award. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So Paul's moving into, you know, faith is believing. And when you can't see it, it's, it's just believing period. And then he gets to talking about things that, that are just givens. And by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. Now, when I say today, by faith, have you gotten lazy faith to the point you believe the universe was created a different way? Because our kids have been taught that at school. Really, I mean, that's simple faith. God spoke it, and we're here. It's his word. And then he moves into, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteousness, God commending him by accepting his gift, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. And that's that living sacrifice I was talking about. You know, we give ourselves the living sacrifice to God, and we offer our sacrifice to him, and we just trust him through faith. And I, you guys catch that? Even though he died, he was commended. Abel died for being faithful. That's faith. Maybe I'm too deep today, but I felt like maybe I should have done three sermons on this, but it's, think about it. So we got in that, we just believe God and his word. 
we give ourselves as a living sacrifice, even if it means death. And then by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him up. Enoch was so close to God that, that he escaped death. And he and others are only two that's ever escaped death. But one day, everybody will die once. But then Paul said it. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Faith. We just seek him the best we can, just like Jacob. But not still there. We still seek him. We still press into him. We still love him. We still do what God calls us to do. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Overcoming faith, the Lord woke me. And this here, I think, will help a lot of people. But he woke me in my sleep. But I, I, to be honest with you, it could have been a vision dream, and I don't do that a lot. But, but he said, the only way to overcome is found in Revelations twelve eleven. And I looked it up, and they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. And again, that's that combination of just saying, Lord, I'm a living sacrifice. I'm a blood-bought Christian. I'm your child, and I'm your testimony. I'm going to share you as God. I'm going to share you as Lord of my life. I'm going to testify you about you until the day I die. I'm going to give you all I have because I love you more than this life. It's by the word of your testimony. And the reason we say that is, you know, this is just the next point. Every day is a mission trip for the believer. We need to live every day as if we're on a mission trip for Christ. Meaning this mission team, when we got together, we met at least once a week and we prayed and we studied and we sought God out. But when we were over there, we prayed every morning. This was our day in Africa. We met at 7.30 for prayer and word. We did that until probably 8.30, 9 o'clock. And then they'd bring, get a little break. Then they'd bring our breakfast, which is always the same thing, uh, at 10. And then we went down and ministered till probably 5, had supper at 5, back to church at 6, and we're there, I don't know how late. Constantly, we were on a mission trip. We were ambassadors for the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. An ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representation, a representative to a foreign country. Guys, we are ambassadors. The believer are ambassadors. We have been accredited as diplomats for God to this world. And we officially represent the kingdom of God. We are not of this world. 
And I reminded of Jesus in John 12, 26, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. That's faith. So we're ambassadors here. Guys, we're not of this world. We're going to be in eternity with our loved ones in Christ for all eternity. We're just here now on a mission trip. We're on a mission trip to win people to Christ. And I'm tired of the enemy getting the ground. It's time for us to take the ground. You're on a mission trip now if you're a believer. Are you operating in faith? I can't even remember the first point. Lazy faith. Where you at? You're an ambassador. Are you operating in lazy faith? Or are you operating in faith? We must be prepared to share our testimony. Uh, Joe walked up today and, and prayed that, that, uh, that I'm not nervous. Guys, after Africa, I'm not nervous. I preached a men's retreat with no notice. At 9.30 at night, uh, we pull into a place to pick somebody up in, in Africa. And, and, and next thing we know, uh, they asked me just to present the team. And so I introduced the team. That wasn't good enough. So they asked Jeremy to preach. And then Jeremy preached. And then Jeremy got done. And then Keith preached. We just had revival. Because we're ambassadors. I better shut up because I don't want to take away from what they're doing Wednesday night. But all of us, Joshua, Gary, Kit, Jeremy, Keith, we were put on the spot so many times to share our faith. And that's where the scripture says that, that preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort, and com- with complete patience and teaching. 2 Timothy 4.2. Ambassadors preach the word. In season, out of season, mean ready or not, preach the word. You're an ambassador. And Jesus said, go into all the world. That's our motto and our mission statement. Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. We're on a mission trip. Believers, we're on a mission trip. You will never be satisfied until you operate as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Car's not going to cut it. Good spouse isn't going to cut it. Got a good spouse. But you're not going to be totally satisfied until you're totally sold out to Christ as an ambassador. Satan, sin, and sickness will continue to have their way in your life until you step to the plate and be heard. You're an ambassador. You say, well, how do I do that? And we close with this today. That's what Jesus told his disciples. Pray. What have we been called to do in 2023? Pray. Jesus said to his disciples, could you not watch with me one hour? He knew that slothfulness would link to lack of hunger for him and to death if they weren't in prayer. So he said to them, could you not watch with me but one hour? Well, let's take that. Let's make it a goal to pray one hour a day. Why not? Is that too much to ask to pray one hour a day? Because prayer will change your life. 
I noticed that Jesus prayed during this time. It may be during this hour of prayer that we take, that we pray like Jesus did, not as I will, Lord, but as you will. That would solve half our problems right there. Not as I will, but as you will. And then again, Jesus said, pray that you may not enter temptation. Our Father who art in heaven, how would be thy name? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and what? Forgive us our trespasses. Pray, pray, pray. Temptations. Pray against them. We're all tempted. I'm tempted the same way you are. But Jesus taught us how to pray. He told us what to pray for. It's all over the Bible, simple things. But I say to you today, the Spirit indeed is willing, but is the flesh stronger, weak? Excuse me. Where are you at? Is your spirit stronger than your flesh? Where you can press into God in prayer? We're moving into Holy Week. And let's take a look at our lives. Monday, Jesus clears the temple. Let's look at our hearts today and tomorrow. Let's really look at our hearts and see if we have lazy faith or that, that we have an on-fire faith for God. And it's simple. If you if you notice, oh, God, I need to work on these things, just whip, weep bitterly before him because he'll receive you in like he did Peter. Tuesday was a day of controversy and, and parables. And you can go in and, and read about all those. But a lot of those parables were talking about the eternity. And three of those parables were talking about, to be honest with you, that, that about half the people aren't going to make heaven. Um, one was, I guess, a third. But, but, but again, it's talking about what's going on around us. Just look at this world and see where we can make a difference in this world Tuesday. You can come out here for a 7 o'clock prayer. We'll have prayer here Tuesday morning, 7 to 8. But, but I noticed that Wednesday was a day of rest. And maybe that's why we have church on Wednesday nights is because we need to get another dose of the Holy Ghost. Because when we're slothful and we're away from Christ, or just say that we're on fire for Christ and we don't get him for a few days, that Wednesday nights can be a good pick-me-up. Thursdays is Passover, the last, last supper. Again, we're examining ourselves and, and our relationship with Christ. And then Friday was the crucifixion, Good Friday service in Lamar. But anyway, the Holy Week. Let's take a look at ourselves. If you stand to your feet today, um, the Holy Spirit's talking to you, and you respond accordingly. Uh, you don't need to meet me to tell you how. Uh, these altars are open. I do want to say, if you've not accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that you would come up and do that today. 
But, but the main thing on my heart today, are we operating in lazy faith or in a powerful faith with God? And just take a look at yourself. <laughs> 